Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Day of 55, we're going tonight to go over some things and then add some things to Rosh Hashanah that we haven't talked about. That Rosh Hashanah is the time when God draws near unto all of Israel. Now this has been passed down from generation to generation. This is not something that, bless God, that is just something that somebody made up over the last two or three uh, centuries. This has been known from the beginning that God visits his people during this very special time, a time that God himself set aside, that God said that you will call this a feast and you will use it as such. And all of Israel will shall come before me and they shall come before me and shall repent of their sins. And as I, if you'll remember, I told you that, bless God, that it's not only a time of drawing near to God, but it's also a time to to go out to the neighbors and your friends and your family that you've had words with and, and things that have not been reconciled one to another and that these things be done. It's important for that to be done because they believe, and you have to remember something now, that we are now beginning or getting ready to begin at Rosh Hashanah, at Teruhah, the Feast of Trumpets, we're getting ready to begin the new year. The new year. And the new year at sundown on the 8th, there will be new moon, and you need to mark that down if you haven't got it down. New moon will start sundown on the 8th. Teruha will start on the 10th at sundown. And the 11th will be the first day of the new year. And the year will be 5760. 5,760 years since the creation of the world. Now, they will tell you, and the, the, the chief rabbis uh, spoke to me about that and said that there were some years there that are missing, and they know that's missing. Uh, they, they think there are somewhere 200 or better years. I, he gave me a number. I don't remember that number now. But anyway, when the month changes, and you know it will change uh, on that first day of, of the, that Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the new year. So we are entering into a new year. Now, the idea and the understanding that the people of all of Israel has is that if you do not go to synagogue during the time of Rosh Hashanah, and then there's the ten awesome days that follows, or, and then ending with Yom Kippur, which is the last and final day that you can have God near to you to be able to repent. Now, we know that's not true. All right, we know that through Yeshua that our repentance can be and should be daily. So don't, don't get tied up into that, thinking, that, well, this is the only time you can repent. I'm telling you that that's the old, if you will, uh, testament custom of which they have done and performed for years. We are doing likewise as participating because we are commanded to keep this festival. We're commanded to keep this feast day. So we want to uh, follow through with the command, and we want to be able to do that. So all of Israel comes, and, and they believe that through repenting. Now, they have this thought that because the temple 
is not there, is not, has been torn down, that they can verbally repent. And they have done that for all these almost 2,000 years since the temple was torn down the second time. They have, they have gone through this and used this time to repent to God, believing that their sins have been washed away. Now, that's their belief. The fact of the matter of it is, does it work for them? I'm not going to judge that. God blinded Israel, and Israel has been blinded. Uh, we, uh, through Christianity, have been partially blinded. But we must uh, keep an open mind, and we must understand that that's what Israel is doing. We're commanded to keep the feast, so we're going to keep the feast. And I believe that it will make us better, uh, better, better Christians. It will make us better believers. It will make us better one to another, re- relating ourselves rightly to God. If, in fact, we participate and go through these ten awesome days and try to re- recollect everything in our lives from this last year, that wasn't proper and right in accordance to God's law. And if you'll do that, then what that'll do is give us, give you an opportunity then to begin to realize that, hey, it, you know, you can, you can find some things there that probably you haven't searched out. Now, we should search these things out every day. We should do that. Paul said, I sin daily. Paul knew that there was a need to repent daily in the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus, and we should understand that. As, as the Christian side of what we are. But we also need to understand that this is a time when the Lord God Yahweh drew near to Israel. And, and, and of course, I'm going to give you some things that I gave last year in talking about how that that happened. Uh, in 55, if you find 55.1 of Isaiah, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come unto the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye by and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. And that is one of the scriptures that's used. The other one is 56.8, if you'll turn there. The Lord which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith, Yet I will gather others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. And those are the scriptures that they use for the gathering up on this time called Rosh Hashanah. Now, this time of, of Rosh Hashanah for us, Yom and Yom Kippur at the end is a distinct time of regathering our thoughts about who we are in God and with God and through Yeshua, His Son. Uh, it's a beautiful time because the time, again, lends us to give our minds and our spirit man over to the Lord. I believe, as I believe last year, we had a special manifestation of the anointing in this synagogue. I believe this year there will be that and even more so. I believe God will honor that. Uh, uh, we, there are some things we, we didn't do last year that we will do this year uh, in accordance to the Word of God, and we'll be giving those to you as we uh, go along. Now, uh, we are going to use Le- Leviticus 23. I want to go there because I think that's going to give me the basis. Leviticus 23. I didn't say Shalom. Shalom. It's always good to say that, you know. 23, the 23rd verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Spake unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of the trumpets, and a holy convocation. Ye shall do no several work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of this seventh month there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Now it also says you'll do no work in the same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God, for whatsoever the soul it be that shall not be afflicted, that is the same day you shall be cut off from among his people. Now, and whosoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, the same soul will, will I destroy from among his people. So this was a big-time important thing, wasn't it? Big-time important thing for God to say, Look, you'll do no work on that day. You will come before me on that day. And, and, and that's, you know, we often don't realize the implications of all this because, again, if God's going to show up and wants to deal with you and you don't bother showing up, what happens? He can't deal with you. But if you know, and, and God announced the fact that he was going to deal with them, he wanted them to come, he wanted them to afflict their souls, he wanted, in other words, he wanted them to pour out their hearts to him, that he was going to be in their midst. So it's important for you to understand. Now, I realize again, as I keep saying, you don't go tell your boss, well, I can't work because this is Rosh Hashanah, and we just don't believe in work, and if you don't like it, uh, take this job and shove it. You can't do that, and please don't do that, Okay. But the fact of it is, if you have some vacation time, if you have a, 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 some time, if you can take this day and get yourself before the Lord God on this day, on this day. Now, this day, the neat thing about this day, uh, bless God, is that we're going to be able to again gather ourselves together. We're going to gather ourselves on next Friday. That'll be a week from this Friday. Uh, we will uh, gather ourselves here at the synagogue, and then we'll gather ourselves again on on Saturday. Here now, you know, Rosh Hashanah is considered a two-day celebration, but it's also considered one long day because of the crescent of the moon and the way that that was all done or all had been done in the past. And because of the fact that it has to be absolute, one of those two days, it will be absolute new moon, completely new moon, whether it's part of one, part of the other. So they just made it a one full, called it one day or one long day. Is what it amounted to. Now, in Leviticus 23 still, it says in the second verse, Speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Now, though that word convocation means meeting, and I believe we all probably do understand that. So God designated. Again, these are things that were designated by God. Now, the blowing of the shofar. We will, we will blow and have the shofar blowing uh, on this occasion. If you don't blow the shofar uh, on new moon, if, and it, let, me, let me say this. If you don't have, how many people have their own shofar horn? Do you have that? Have you learned to blow it? Do you blow it? You should blow that on Sabbath at sundown, and you should blow that at sundown new moon. That should be blowing. It should be blowing on every festival. It should be blowing. They're in your homes or outside. You should go out on the porch, I think, probably, or out, however, if you don't have a porch outside, and, and proclaim, proclaim that. There's nowhere else in the world that a horn's blowing in relationship to God other than the shofar by, by the Jews. And uh, so you should do that. We'll, we'll do some more things as we go along, but... Uh, 
uh, we, will, we will take all of that into consideration, and it's on time, I assure you. When the Torah was given, uh, they blew the shofar. Okay, if you'll remember, there was a great, the great shofar horns were blowing. When the walls of Jericho came down, the shofar was blowing. When the Messiah returns, the shofar will be blowing. And to gather the outcasts of Israel, the shofar will be blowing. Uh, the shofar is blowing, uh, it's supposed to be blowing a hundred times uh, during Rosh Hashanah, during that time. The themes of Rosh Hashanah is that this is the day of repentance, and of course that is the main theme of Rosh Hashanah, Teruhah, a feast of trumpets. It is the main theme is repentance. Uh, the next I put down is the, the day Israel will be gathered. Uh, this, is the, this is the coronation day of the King of Kings, and they believe that. So if, 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 if you look at all this and you begin to realize that they call this the day of judgment, they call this the day uh, to remember the fathers, they call this the day of the blowing of the shofar, they call this the day that God uh, that, that the earth was, or the world was created. And through the awesomeness of understanding that the, the great significance put upon this time of Rosh Hashanah is of a great importance not only to us but to the world itself and understanding and, and being able to, to recollect, if you will, that, that God does do some mighty things. You know, I've said all along where we're coming to with this, and it's not so hard, to, I think, to understand now, is to begin to realize that through all of this, God does things on these feast days. There is no doubt in, in my mind that the Lord God will not return on Rosh Hashanah. There is none, and there's none in the, in the minds of the Jews that the Messiah will come on Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because, again, it's the day of judgment. It's the day of the coronation of the, of the, of the King of Kings, and they believe that's the day that they, they will crown the King of Glory, Messiah, uh, Meshach, that will come from the heaven itself, and uh, we know that He's coming. So it's exciting, and it's, it's exciting to understand that we can see some things and some similarities to all this that pertain unto that which we believe or have believed or will continue to believe. The first day of Rosh Hashanah can uh, fall only on the second, third, or fifth day of the week, or on Sabbath, Shabbat. It can never fall on the first, fourth, or sixth day of the week. White is worn in the synagogue on that day. Uh, by, uh, if men have white uh, uh, towelettes, um, uh, white keppas, these, these, this is a time to wear those, okay? Uh, showing uh, sanctification uh, uh, from uh, repentance that we will have done at that time. Uh, now, you know that there's to be a candle lit for new moon, a 24-hour candle is to be lit for them. Now, there's also candles that we will, uh, we will light uh, on Shabbat, and because we're going to have the Shabbat service here, we will be lighting the Shabbat's candles here, and, and they will be lit here. Uh, we will do a bit different. I, I think uh, 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 we're going to have uh, uh, the bread won't be twisted. It's not to be twisted at that time, it's to be in round, round loaves, signifying the moon, okay? And so we're going to do that. They, they, they will dip, they dip the bread, the kala, the bread in honey, and so we're going to have honey, and we're going to dip the bread. We didn't do that last year, and we also will dip 
that of the apple. It was thought to, to, to have been that, bless God, that it was a fragrance of apples that, that was uh, on uh, the body of, uh, uh, let me see here if I can um, get down to where this is at now, uh, uh, Genesis twenty-seven twenty-seven. Jacob and Esau. And he came near and kissed him and smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a, of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Now, I don't know. I've never been able to come up to where, why they think that's apples. And, and he had been in, a, in an apple orchard or around that. But anyway, that's what they believe. So they use that as a custom, okay, to give. Now, the other custom that they use, and we'll be dipping, we'll be dipping that... Uh, uh, a piece of apple in uh, in honey, and we'll be doing that uh, on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, the custom to give charity, and you don't want to forget to do that. You should try to find somebody to to be charitable to during this time of Rosh Hashanah. Now, the honoring of our fathers, we're to honor Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we're also to honor our earthly fathers that have gone on. So that this is a time, you know, here in this nation, we use Memorial Day to, to go visit the graves. That's a, that's, a, that's a big thing here. I don't know whether that's worldwide or just happens to be a tradition of America. Probably is a tradition here in America. Uh, but it is, uh, that all started, the visiting of graves started through their Jewish uh, tradition um, on Rosh Hashanah. So sometime during the week, you should go. Now, let me, let me tell you uh, something about all this. And uh, somebody's visited my father's grave and left a rock. And that, that was the custom, was to take a stone, not just a pebble, but a stone that would be about like such or whatever, like, and place it on the grave so that they were there. They didn't have, they didn't have money. They didn't, couldn't buy flowers. And it was a different, the wrong season uh, to have flowers. So what they would do, they would take a rock and place a rock upon that upon that gravesite. So uh and they would also go on during Rosh Hashanah and place themselves prostrate upon top of the grave of their father or forefather and remember them in that way. Now I realize that that uh, may sound a little uh, uh uh something out of hand or something out of Steven Spielberg's latest uh, novel, but the fact is that's what they have always done. And that's the way that they have always done it. So we want to, we want to try uh, to uh, remember our fathers, our forefathers that have gone on. If you don't have a, a father that has gone on, then the thing for you to do then is to remember a forefather, and, uh, which would be a grandfather, a great-grandfather, whatever that is. And if you don't have anybody, well, then bless God, then you can just thank God uh, that you don't have. Now, uh, the other thing that we want to uh, tell you that, uh, and the girls, girls, you're going to just be thrilled with me. I, I, I really had to search my heart uh, before I brought this because I, I, I know that the fellows are probably going to want to corner me after service. But as I went through this, and as I said every year, we'll try to add just a little bit more and not try to overdo things. But uh, this is the year that we want to add to the, the, the obligations uh, to honor Rosh Hashanah is to be sure that you're bathed and clean and, and bless God uh, if you need, fellas, if you need a haircut or whatever, you get a haircut. And, and uh, you, bless God, you, the ladies get the house cleaned up so that it's nice. Uh, but the husbands must, and girls, you're going to align the world, must, the word must, must go out and buy the wife a new dress, 
or a piece of jewelry. Yeah. And the rabbi comes through again. Thank you. Thank you. Bless the rabbi, yes. Uh, so, so we'll notice on Rosh Hashanah the new dresses and the new jewelry amongst the sisters that I affectionately call the cistern, okay? Uh, I also need to tell you that the lighting of those candles, uh, uh, the first night of Rosh Hashanah is done at sunset. The second night it is done at uh, after sunset. And you need to mark that down because that's important that you, we stay with that custom. Kaddish is to be taken with wine on both of those occasions. On both of those occasions. Now, I want to turn into Matthew 24 and look at this coming of the Lord. 24 and in 29, we'll start there. Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the, son of, uh, the, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. Now, if you will open up your minds for a moment and begin to realize that on Yom Teroha, Rosh Hashanah, is the only feast, the only festival that falls upon New Moon. Everything else falls, all the rest of the feasts, the festivals fall either on or right, almost on full moon. But with Rosh Hashanah, it falls each year upon New Moon. Now, the relationship and the correlation is not by chance in these scriptures because what happens in this is that, and since the sun will be darkened, and this, imp this implies a solar eclipse, as the moon is always between the sun and the moon at Rosh Hashanah. So, uh, and you know, it, it's kind of neat because I, I, I was reading uh, something uh, not long ago, uh, probably six, eight months ago, and it was talking about how it was that there is a solar eclipse that is somewhere, and I don't know what the year is, it's down the line, like four, five, six, ten years down the road, that is actually to fall on Rosh Hashanah. Now, it didn't say, it wasn't a Jewish writing, so it didn't say, but all of a sudden that all began to kick in, and I began to think, oh, wow, could that be the one? Well, could be, could not be, too. We don't know, but the fact of it is, is that's really what's going to happen. The moon then will not give, what, give its light. The moon will not be given its light during that time, and the sun will be darkened with the eclipse. This would account, uh, obviously, uh, for the world gazing intently at the sky when who returns? Yeshua. Because they will be looking and they will be gazing 
at that, uh, that, that solar eclipse. Uh, the thing with the clouds uh, could also represent, in addition, uh, two clouds, Israel, as we meet the Lord in the air. It could be one and the same with that. But it's important to know how that ties in. Everything, I, I, again, I think that what I have been so aggravated in myself about with Christianity is there's just, we didn't never have had the richness to be able to tie this stuff together in order for us to really know what was going on. I mean, there was no way to do that until now. And now all of a sudden, all of this stuff makes sense. All this stuff, you can, you, can, you, can, you can read it and you can understand what it's saying. You can understand what it's doing. And, and bless God, not, not have a great amount of difficulty uh, within all of it. Uh, now, I want to talk a bit uh, about Yom Kippur, uh, the day that we call the Day of Atonement. Now, it's also called the Fast. And you can find that in Acts 27, 9. Okay? So Yom Kippur is called the fast. Let's, let's look at that in Acts 27 and be sure that you see that. Acts 27, 9. And it says, And when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them. The fast. And that's what it's called. It's called the fast. So we know that, that Paul was sailed at this. The, the day is the last day for repentance, the last of the awesome days. We know that Yeshua will come, perform as our high priest on this day in the future, and that's given to us in, in uh, Hebrews, the 8th chapter. Let's, let's look over there for a second. Hebrews 8. I think it's really neat when you can see this stuff. I said, now the things with, in the first verse, Hebrews 8.1, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the Father, or, or the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and a true tabern, uh, of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, wherefore it is a necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve under the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God, and when it was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises." For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for a second. In other words, if in fact the law could have brought eternal life, then there would be no need for the second covenant. For finding, for finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I have made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Now, now notice again, as I keep wanting to go back and point these things out, you notice who this second covenant is given to. He says in that eighth verse, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It doesn't say anything about a new covenant made for, for Christianity or the church, does it? Tenth verse, 
For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, for the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old, how now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. So we, we can see that, you know, that, that he, the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, is going to come back and he is going to be that high priest, the one that came and did what he did. Now, God forgave Israel for worshiping the golden calf uh, on this very date. And this was, the, the, this was Yom Kippur. All of God's people will, will deny themselves through fasting, through sexual abstinence, not wearing leather shoes, focusing only on God. They will spend the day uh, worshiping their Creator. Now, this is important, and last year we didn't make a big thing out of it because, I, again, you know, we have, we have really brought you a lot of stuff over the last two, two and a half years. And, but this year, what I would like to see us do, I'd like to see no one wear leather shoes into the, into the synagogue uh, on Yom Kippur. Okay, if you, can, if you can muster that, do that. If you can't, we're not going to run you off. But let's see if we can't do that. Let's, uh, let's have a day of fasting. Let's get up in the morning, anoint our, our heads and wash our faces and begin to fast. And then let's focus on the Lord. Let's spend that and use that as a day. This and uh, Yom Kippur, we will pronounce his name. Uh, uh, on this day, Moses came down from the Sinai for the Sinai for the third time, come off the mount. The folks returning from their 70-year captivity in, Ma- in Babylon happened on this day as they fasted on this day. Yeshua was baptized by John the Baptist on this day. The shofar is sounded on this day. This day is a Sabbath of, of solemn rest. This day, Ezekiel was showing a temple like a city that is to be built in the, in the future. All these things is in accordance to that in which they did or they had or they was during that day of, uh, of Yom Kippur. Now, in uh, uh, the ten days of all end with immersion and God's name recited uh, ten times. Um, if we happen to have, if we happen to have the mekvah uh, finished at that time, then we'll probably on Yom Kippur, we will probably have that to be a time that we will have mekvah uh, and have, and that will be the immersion, and uh, then we will have God's uh, name recited ten times uh, during that uh, during the ceremony, uh, the uh, ministry of the word. The Ten Commandments are to be recalled to the people, and uh, we will recall those commandments to you uh, on on Yom Kippur. Um, uh, Yeshua validated uh, the immersion uh, in the book of Luke in the third chapter, 21 through 23. I think it's important that we, that we begin to focus and begin to realize that these, again, these things are just not by chance. And I think that's the neat thing about all of it, that, that this thing has gone on. You know, when I, when I begin to read, and there's a number of other events that I didn't, haven't got put down here that, that did happen on uh, this time called Rosh Hashanah, or Tiroha, or uh, Feast of Trumpets. 
Uh, and it's interesting, you know, that, that why, you know, for all of a sudden that they came forth after 70 years of captivity in Babylon and it just happened to be they came forth on Rosh Hashanah, I mean on Yom Kippur. It just happened to be. See, Yom Kippur is, is God's day of deliverance. And that's, uh, that's, that's the day in which everyone is going to repent. Now, Israel believes and has always believed that as they're repenting, as you have been open before God, as you have worshipped the Lord God, given yourself to God on Yom Kippur, that you are setting yourself up for the entire next year. They believe that if you have followed and kept the festival, if you've kept Shabbat, if you kept New Moon, if you have followed the things of their, that they have been taught to have followed, then they believe that you have got yourself in position, that the Lord God will bless you and your family throughout the entire year. Now, I, I, I believe, as I have told you before many times, I believe that in keeping these laws and doing these things in, in the way that God told us to do them, I believe we'll bring blessings to our life. I believe that. And I, I believe that we can have a time of asking people to stand and, and tell us if they feel like that they have been blessed this year. I'm here to tell you God is a God that, that not only keeps us, but he's a God that blesses us. And I think that's, a, that's, a, that, that's an awesome thing to realize that there's such a mighty God as him out there doing those things. So uh, we come upon that time. As I said, that will come a week from, that will come a week from this Friday night. So prepare yourselves and, and know that uh, as I gave you, and I gave you the uh, sundown, the 8th begins new moon. And uh, if, you don't know about, if you don't know about new moon, we've got tapes. If you need to go back through that, do. Uh, we do have the prayers that are prayed for new moon. If you don't have those, you can get those. So we're really making this thing down to the place where there's not a lot of excuses that you have. If you don't know what kind of a candle to get that will burn 24 hours, ask. We can help you with that. Um, and so uh, uh, we're going to have a we're going to have a good time. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is not a time of griefing. It's not a time to get before the Lord and lament before the Lord God and wail out. It's not that time. It is a time to rejoice because we have the Lord near, and that's what we want to do. Is that we have the Lord near to us. So as I said, I'm I'm believing God. I'm believing that through uh, through us coming together and through us doing this as a unit or as a, a group, as a synagogue, I believe that we're going to be able to bring a corporate anointing uh, into this, uh, into this uh, uh, sanctuary that's going to be something else during this Rosh Hashanah and, uh, and, and Yom Kippur. So, so pray and believe God with us. And again, I don't know that we'll go over this every year, but again, I, I, to some of you probably have gone through your notes and some of you probably have... have uh, studied this thing over again and, and have uh, enlightened yourself. But for those of us that haven't, it's important because we need to be able to move forward in this thing together and have the understanding together, and that is very important. Well, that's all that I have. I don't want to, again, uh, this, these things can become boring, and I know that. don't want them to become boring ever to you, so I chose to make it short and sweet and hard to beat. And I hope that's the order in which you felt it was in tonight, all right? So if you will stand. Uh... Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. 
So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.